0: I'm Scott Riley and this is the Past is Here podcast. Today we are speaking with Randy. He shares with us what his early childhood was like growing up in Estonia during World War II and his family's incredible journey from there to Canada. Enjoy.
1: Okay, hi Scott. Yeah. Well, my my time life starts in uh, 1943 when I was a little boy of four. So what had happened is the Germans had occupied Estonia because that's where I lived and I lived on a very very large farm which was a family farm and a big business and anyhow so the Germans had looked after Estonia and uh, meanwhile the Russians were starting to come in and take over the land, because if you remember, Hitler was retreating in those days, in those years, and um, so they were ha- hiding, going back to hiding, back to Germany, all the all, uh, Germans. And uh, <coughs> my mom worked in the Estonian government, mm-hmm. and my dad was in the war. Actually, my dad was uh, what we call a guerrilla resistance fighter, Uh, in the Estonian army, because really, uh, my dad was fighting both the Russians and the Germans. We just wanted Estonia back.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: okay. (laughs) So, um, anyhow, so I never saw much of my parents. However, I had a wonderful grandmother, and I had a wonderful time with all the people. Um, I was also unaware of the war myself, because I was just a four-year-old and really to me whether the four w- the war was on or not didn't matter the slightest <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you're not four-year-old it doesn't matter of course not. No, no. <laughs> yeah so we had lots of workers some of them stayed overnight and some of them uh, went home after the daily work was done and of course they looked after the uh the cattle and the fencing and the Bringing in the, the um, in the fields, you know, cutting the fields and doing all the farming, my grandmother was like the supervisor. She ran everything. Okay. And um, so, some of my very memorable times included uh, going out daily with the uh, sheep herders, walking over to the meadows, the big bright uh, green meadows that we that were on our property. And we just sat underneath the big tree, just looked at the sheep, and just relaxed. And I must say, I enjoyed the young ladies that worked there because often I would snuggle in amongst their their lovely legs and <laughs> and had some nice feelings, you know, as a little boy. Sure. but um, so that was nice, and um, of course, some of the other girls had taught me how to um actually milk a cow oh okay. you know in the big barn sure because we had um we had a huge barn facing the house which uh contained all the cattle and all the sheep and um so that was the biggest barn and then of course we had one on the right of that which was for the chickens chicken coops and we had another building on the left, which was for the lambs, and then we had one also for the, for the, um, for the pigs near the house. And um, so the, the, the place was big. I mean, there was lots of places to go, and we had beautiful um, vegetable gardens in the front of the property and around the side of the house. But the most amazing thing about my experience when I was four and I suddenly realized that we were living in such a beautiful, large house. Because that house had everything. So, when the milkmaids brought their pails of hot, warm milk to the house, it was poured into the pantry, into the big containers there, and my grandma, she did everything. She. Made all the cheese, processed the cheese, the creams, the butter, uh, the milks, whatever you do with milk, mm-hmm. all the milk products. And um, she was very talented. On the right side of the entranceway to this big house was a cold cellar, and in there went all the all the different vegetables and meats and cured meats and different things for the uh, for the winter. So. The uh, the place was actually I found later totally self-sustaining. In one of the rooms in the house, we had a huge weaving mill. So we actually milled our own cloth and materials and the wools, sweaters and shirts and pants. And Incredible! Weapons. Incredible, and uh, but the most amazing thing about the house was that how to keep it warm. There was no electricity in those days. Mm-hmm. So it was designed in such a way that in the middle of the building was a huge uh, iron stove, which was probably like six feet long and about three feet wide, and a door at one end, and you would just shove wood into it all day, and on the top were round rings uh, for the metal for the pots and pans, so you could boil things and cook things and so forth. Uh, so that was amazing because that stove kept the whole house warm. It was like an open concept inside. The rooms weren't packed together in tiny little pieces. They were like more or less open. And the, the room right adjacent to this uh, center room was where we spent most of our time because on the, in there there was another fireplace And in front of the fireplace, we had a huge table, which was like a picnic table, but it was about eight to 10 feet long, Mm -hmm. with the long benches where you would sit. And that was placed more or less in front of the fireplace. And then what we had, we had the workers often coming in at the end of the day. They would sit in front of the fireplace, they would remove their socks, and stick their feet near the fireplace, and my sheepdog, I had a little, a nice sheepdog, would come in and lick their toes. <laughs> and I thought that was fascinating.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so
1: there it was. And the, most of the time, of course, all the meals were served at this big picnic mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we didn't always feed all the uh, workers, but I think Grandma did feed. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes they were fed, and sometimes they weren't. Maybe they depending on um, how many were working there from day to day, because they didn't work all year round. They worked there like season time when it was time to harvest and so on, (laughs) mostly. And we did have some of them, of course, that stayed um, year round. One of the things I enjoyed about the the, uh, field workers, at lunchtime, I would be out there, and they would build a big bonfire in the courtyard, and they would have of course nice logs in the courtyard and they would take potatoes from the field and stick them onto the end of a long sticks with a point and hang them into the fire until they turned crispy Mm charcoaly brown around the uh, skin and they would eat them and i tried the few and they were so delicious especially with butter that you've never tasted a potato like it since
0: (laughs) You're giving me new cooking ideas. Really. Yes, yes.
1: And uh, that was really something, you know, to cook a potato that way. Of course, yeah. that was a simple way. Uh, so, anyhow, that was, uh, that was something. So, uh, now, my mom and dad, they were away a lot. But I was also very angry at my mom because she went to work every morning and she worked for the Estonian government. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was, when the Russians came in, they conscripted her to work on behalf of the Russians. And she was actually, one of the things she did, I found out later, was she was asked to make up a death list of Estonian people that would be sent over to Siberia because they were concert people who were considered traitors Mm -hmm. to the Russians. Can you imagine? So, of course, my mom was... Very upset, I'm sure, about that sort of thing. And uh, so it was that year. Luckily, my dad had befriended one of the uh, German officers when they were there earlier, occupying Estonia. And um, when the Russians were coming in, we knew that our family was on the death watch to be taken away because that's the way the Russians did. They What they did, they took your land and then they occupied it and they took away the people, usually Siberia, to like salt mines and hard labor and so forth. And uh, so my dad had befriended a German officer uh, and had asked them when the Russians were moving very close like to our property and so on to go and rescue uh, me. Which was my me and my mum, from the farm, and I didn't know this, but this actually happened. And one day, uh, my grandma asked me to come to the porch of the house and look up, and she says, "Look in the sky," and there we had some dark black uh, engines. They were aircraft, Russian aircraft, flying across to uh, across the land just showing off their their superiority and their their power and uh, then uh, I didn't think much of it but the following day uh, suddenly I see and hear a noisy line of of military vehicles driving up along our roadway right to the front of our property was a road came around the front property went around the courtyard and back out and there was a, a, a german convoy of of military equipment cannons and um, wagons and and uh, all sorts of things as i remember big machines machines too guns or whatever and these were retreating this was a german convoy retreating back to germany and because uh, this German officer was my dad's friend, he actually came by to rescue us. at the back of the... And then they had a driver, of course, a soldier driving. And uh, there we were. We went off. Now, the convoy, I'm not sure how, what route they took, but they ended up, I remember, in the forest and at times we would stop in a big forest and as we retreated and again the soldiers would light a campfire and they would try to you know make some meals or cook something whatever it was and that's the way it was we would we would eat we would sleep overnight and in the early morning the convoy would continue to leave and escape estonia wow and um so that was the beginning of, of my journey to germany because the um, uh, the cap the uh german commander, com, commandant actually i guess he was a commandant was really taking us to his home in germany uh, to live with with his family for a while because okay. we were very good friends you know my dad was very good friends with them uh, but the journey to get there was very long. Okay. It probably took uh, at least a year, year and a half, yes? Whoa, okay. Because what happened was as, as the convoy went on and on, at some point the convoy had to, let us say, break off the path to where we had to go, to his German home, and they had to go in a different direction, who knows where the Germans had to follow orders and they had to go somewhere to get back to Germany so the route they took Mm -hmm. and um, so the story about what happened in between is is hard to explain because uh, I would only have periods and moments of of things that happened Mm -hmm. rather than a full continuity of things because I didn't even what country we had to cross various countries to get back to Germany from Estonia. Sure. I know one was Poland, okay. And uh, I believe at one time we were in the in the ocean. And anyhow, so I would uh, do some more thinking and make some more notes mm-hmm. about that uh, for another time. Sure, and maybe we can continue another time. Yeah. But that was the point at which I had left Estonia. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Wasn't that something? Yeah, that is something. That's yeah, totally yeah, amazing, yeah, right? yeah. Thank you. Exactly.
0: Right? Do you, um, I was going to say, do you remember, do you know how long your family's house was in your family's? Like, was it generations? Oh, yeah, it
1: was for generations because yeah. uh, we were, um, well, we were very wealthy. We were like one of the wealthiest people there because of the huge farm, right. property we had people working for us. Um, We even had a, um, in our barn, where we had all the farm implements, there was actually one of these uh, big, black, shiny limousines that I was telling you about, where the Germans had, but it was apparently ours, I don't know who it belonged to my dad or my granddad or somebody, but it was there, right inside the barn.
0: Wow, okay. (laughs) So,
1: and we, in those days, hardly anybody had a car. No, that was back in 1940 something, right? Sure, you know? sure. Especially in Estonia, you know. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., they had Model T Ford. Yeah. Right and stuff, but uh, yeah. So we were very rich, and it was in the generations and generations. Yeah.
0: And were you? um Do you remember? I know that you were only four or five, but yeah. were there neighbors that would come by as well, or was it just? Uh, oh, list- absolutely. Yeah. But
1: they were, of course off the property. I mean, we had a big property. Yeah. I never saw the neighbors, but they would mm-hmm. come with maybe w- uh, with the wagons and the horse horses to pick up. Maybe, I think we probably um, gave them or sold them some of our produce, mm-hmm. you know, the, the some of the k- milk, cattle, because obviously we couldn't uh, have it all ourselves, you know. And um, so... Um, yeah, so I'm sure. Yeah, we did have neighbors. We would have had them. We would have probably done a barter trade with them. Sure. Like they might have given something special that we needed, that they had. And so we bartered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, But anyhow, I also had interesting parents. Mm-hmm. Because my mum. Well, first of all, my dad was a resistance fighter. He, dev- he was actually... Um, when he started, he was in the Estonian army, and he was doing physical education, training and helping all the people get fit and so forth. And then later on, he became um, a captain or something. But in the end, uh, when the Russians were coming back, he became actually a, a resistance fighter guerrilla. And they one of the things was they wore a white robe, like a white suit, so that they would basically be able to hide in the snow. Oh wow! So the Russians couldn't find them that easy. Well, they were, they were resistance fighters. They were like, you know, the real and deal. The, the yeah. real deal. Yeah, yeah. elite, elite. Uh, I'm sure they were elite. And um, at the same time, my mum, who'd always work. Actually, my mum, you see, worked for the originally, before things were good. Um, she was, she was working in the mayor's office. And actually, one of my relatives was the mayor of. This town and uh so Mom always worked there; she was like a government worker, so when the um, Russians came in, of course uh you know I guess they dis disarranged all that and 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 um, ended up with um you know making the people either work for them or get shot you know yeah uh and uh but my mum was amazing too, because she carried um a pistol, or a rifle, or sorry, a gun. A gun. Okay. Right here. Yeah. And some mornings, I remember, we had crows, and we were out, the bedroom was upstairs, and when I was in Mum's room, yeah. and the crows were making a lot of noise, she would open the window, she would take the pistol and shoot the crows. <coughs> with a gun. Yeah. Isn't wow. that something? That is something. And uh, she, uh, I think she also needed for protection. She probably got that from my dad. Oh. being in the army sure and um so and i think that even helped her to more or less escape and manage as we were escaping to germany
0: oh i i oh really
1: oh uh, i would think so oh you think so I, you know, oh, okay i think it would you know there were si- situations where you know uh it was good to have a little gun okay like that fair you know. enough in the wartime, I mean, you well, know, it's war. A- anything can happen. Anything right. can happen. Yeah. Um, did so. you
0: did your mom ever tell you any of the stuff your dad ended up doing? Any kind of operations or anything like that? Or is uh, that No, a, no, know, that was nothing all secret like that. stuff. Okay. Told, yeah,
1: it was. But in the end, but when we were escaping, we escaped. Uh, I know my dad was caught shortly thereafter. Oh. And he was sent to yeah. He was sent. He died in Siberia in salt mines.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah.
1: So they ca- they caught him. Uh, Well, the Russians, they just overpowered everything, and I just came in. Uh, And, um, yeah, so, but we got out, we escaped, me and my mom, so that, was. and the grandma, she could have come with us, but she didn't want to.
0: Oh, okay.
1: She says, who's going to look after the animals? That's, I mean, at that
0: age, I mean, her home was her home. Sure, sure. Now, I got a question. Do you remember, did you have any sort of traditions? Uh, when you were growing, was there anything had, like sort of family traditions it, you did? That yes. That at, yeah? Well,
1: I guess so. We we did all the things that most people do, like we had Christmas, uh-huh. and I think we had Thanksgiving, and so on. And uh, one of the, I guess, a tradition is uh, that we did have um, at Christmas time, I guess, pork. Oh. Because I remember one Christmas when my dad came home. We actually, I just walked out with him to the barn where we had all the um, the pigs. And he didn't tell me he was gonna do this, but he uh, took out uh, his gun and he shot the pig right, I remember, oh. right through the brain, head, And that was our Christmas meat and pork, right? Sure. Of course, that was one of the traditions. We had to have pork. Another tradition I do remember was that we had, uh, because We didn't have plastics in those days or anything like that, so all the toys for kids were made of wood. Mm -hmm. And there was something else sometimes that was interesting. They would melt lead Mm -hmm. so that it was molten, you know, like liquid. And they would take that in a spoon and they would pour it into a, a small barrel of water. And what would happen is the, the, Uh, molten uh, lead just sparkled out. It becomes like like that chandelier over there. You've got little pieces going everywhere, all joined together. (laughs) So that made kind of some interesting toys for people. So that was one of the traditions. At at, uh, wintertime, Christmas, you made those, um, you made that little thing, you know, those little little, uh, I don't know what they called them, but uh, I haven't seen that done here in camp. But that's what would happen if you take molten lead, pour it in cold water, it would just fizz and suddenly f- take on different shapes and sizes, true. which is kind of interesting. That is interesting, no? Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, uh, did you ever have like live music in your house? Did you ever have music or radio? No no. No,
1: no, no, no. Well, no. Not that I can remember. Uh-huh. Remember again, we had no electricity. For sure. Everything was... Uh, uh, you know done by well in the evening we'd been by candlelight but mm-hmm. usually on a farm most people went to bed as soon as the sun went down sure and sure. got up when the sun came up so well, that yeah. was your daylight yeah but uh, music I don't remember too much music um, I don't know if because um, my mum and dad were busy doing things and uh, um, I think some of the girls that worked for us mm-hmm. they might have Sang. They might have sang some okay. songs sometimes out in the fields, sure. so they're not lonely, <laughs> you know. Did, uh, uh,
0: I I was going to say, did you? Uh, I, I, and was there? Do you remember? Were there ever any stories? Any sort of Estonian stories, like yeah. folk tale stories? Yes. Do you remember? Yeah,
1: yeah. Do well, there there would have been. There yeah. were stories. I know. I was quite often. Uh, scared about stories that there might be some giants or something living in the woods, ah, okay. and uh, I shouldn't go there. Uh, and uh, I was, of course, warned about certain things. You know, not the fallen uh, ponds and lakes we had, and and uh, different things, and not go near fire and so on. But um, we had a. It was a very free-roaming uh, farm. Uh, because i can tell you there was one time a bull as we used the bull you know to prolificate the you know the cattle and so on and that bull somehow ended up near the veranda of the house mm-hmm. and it charged at me and it caught me with its horn and it threw me in there and i remember falling back i remember tremendous pain in my tummy but i think it was okay i i managed but that that was uh, the way the farm was. I mean, it was very lazy, fair, very easy-going, very, in those days, maybe it was normal probably to have a bull roaming around your, right, you know, Yeah. No, not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> not, today. <laughs> not today. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I remember, some of the animals, the geese, the farm geese, would sometimes nip me. Uh, my, my legs as I as I you know ran from one of the barns to the house or something, you know they would come half to me hissing at me sometimes. Sure. But um, I learned to deal with all those and uh, it was it was good. It was good. Uh, I even I and my big sheepdog. Um, I had a picture one time where I was riding. Uh, somebody took a photograph of one of the sheepdogs just like I was a cowboy. Amazing. You know, holding onto the hair and <laughs> just sitting on the back, you know. That's great. But, but that's what you do when you're a kid. You roam around and with your animals and, and do whatnot. That. So, but that's a good life. I mean, that is that a good time. life. So I had a very, very good life and start. You know, a good start in life, rather, you know, when you think about it. Do,
0: do you know, when you, so once you, and if if you want to, uh, uh, once you actually made it to Germany, do you remember like wh- what happened I, I, after that? Did you?
1: Well, uh, yeah. When we got to Germany, well, eventually we got to a safe spot. Was the when we got into a camp, okay. which was run by the British. Oh. On the uh, Germany was divided, you know, eventually into two. You know, East yes. Germany, West Germany, and uh, it was a British camp, and that's where we spent pretty well two years in the camp. Until we were lucky enough to uh, get passage to England, mm-hmm. to London, and uh, that's when our life really changed. You know, at that point we be- started to be normal again. You know, but sure. it was up until that time. So, but up until we got to the camp, that's when we were in. The, I was in. The, we were in the middle of a terrible war situation because we were escaping. We were, uh, you know, there was uh, airplanes shooting at the people, there was bombings, there was um, no food, there was no water, there was, it was, that was the worst of the times. Uh, and um, that's when, uh, when it was lucky if you survived, you know, yeah. which we did. So when we survived, we, we survived when we got finally to the camp, mm-hmm. you know, because that was the first refuge. But up until all sorts of things were going on, you know, with uh, different places. We lived in, I think, in parts of Berlin where, you know, you'd get bombing day and night. Well, the British were bombing too, uh, Germans, you know. You know, in the World War, what happened, you know, all the countries got together and they started to fight the Germans, including the Russians. So the whole world was against Germans. And they were just absolutely like Berlin, which was the main uh, main city in Germany, uh, capital city, uh, was totally obliterated. I mean. Night, night, nighttime bombings. You know, the bombers would come through and drop all the huge Like carpet shells. bombing. <laughs> yeah. Carpet right. bombing and everything and else. And you... We were all in there. You yeah. were
0: all in there. Yeah. So, yeah. It, before you made it to a British camp that was yes, the safest place right. you'd known that's for right. about a year, exactly. you were going in and out of buildings, exactly. having, hiding exactly. from bombing. And
1: Still escaping from Estonia because once the convoy left us, yeah. you know, we didn't have any more protection. Sure. We were like on my own. You yeah. know, on our own. Right. And it was
0: just you and your mum, point
1: yeah wow okay yeah. so it took a tough woman yeah yeah a superhero man yeah. a superhero yeah. absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah. so after so once you made it to the camps you went to london what 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 was the path to make it over here and and oh Canada, well right?
1: no i mean the usually what happened was all the immigrants and whatnot they were immigrants they came to uh, england okay And usually uh, the Queen and so forth had um, uh, made an edict that the wealthy people and better-off people, because in those times also a lot of British people weren't well-off, because they'd been bombed by the Germans, right? Mm -hmm. Like in London and so on. So anyhow, for them to take in as many as they could, you know, maybe as servants or workers or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but take them in and give them food, shelter and all that. So that's pretty well it we found good jobs my uh, dad my dad at that time uh, from the camp he was um, he was very handy at uh, knitting actually believe it or not making uh, clothes and stuff oh, that's and he got a job right away and he got a job from my mum. and um, so eventually they ended up really lucky we ended up our family ended up with well, the Cur- that's another story with the Curson family. Okay. And the Cursons were, okay, the husband was, ter- for example, the uh, governor of India. Oh whoa. For example. Whoa. Yeah, okay. they were a group of uh, people that were the queen's, like, elite group of, you know, that the queen hobnobbed with and whatnot, you know. Sure. Yeah. I was, I gotta go my nose here. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and,. Um, so we were lucky yeah. that we ended up uh, being the caretaker. Uh, and um, so my dad was the caretaker and my mom was like the maid that serviced the queen. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry, serviced Lady Curzon, lady who would be quite old, you know, so she needed looking after her. And uh, so we lived in London it was wonderful. I mean, that's another story. We live right by the The main radio station. I'm oh, sorry, the main railway station, um, in fact, which is featured in your story, the famous story that we have That's they made movies of all the time where the kids went uh, in the magic, they became magicians. flying. Flying the witch in the wardrobe? Pardon? The line, the witch, and the wardrobe? That sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Where, because, same pictures. I remember walking in Baker, uh, in uh, Victoria, it's called Victoria Station, sorry. And I can remember playing in there, because we lived so close (laughs) that I would, you know, as a kid, walk over and play in the Victoria Station, because it was kind of interesting to see the big trains and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so we made it lucky there. And then from there we decided eventually... Some of our relatives, who'd also ended up in, in England, uh, they came to Canada first. So they said, hey, Canada's such a great country, you should come over here, which we did, you know, to make a long story short. So <laughs> that's how we got here. So basically, the British people were really good after the war. They helped a lot of people. They helped you. you know.
0: And the, the um, sorry, I guess Lord and Lady Curzon did your parents? They I guess they had a good relationship with them. Oh, please. absolutely, of course. That's fabulous. Well,
1: as a matter of fact, there is another story <laughs> that we have in the hallway cabinet uh, something called a mahjong game.
0: Oh, mahjong.
1: Mahjong. Yeah. But a real mahjong. Oh. This was um, this was a mahjong game which was given to the. Again, the governor, of uh, uh, the British governor, when he left the service of the Maharaja, the Maharaja gave him a present for his service, and they were friends, and he had commissioned um, some fine artisans and craftsmen to make this particular match on game, which was carved out of you know pure ivory and uh, bamboo. Uh, hundred year old bamboo and so on and all engraved the case was all engraved beautifully and uh, it was given to him to the Curzon family so the Curzon family ended up with it and my mum and uh, dad because they served the Curzons were there and one day my mum said she showed an interest to Lady Curzon about the game because it was be all sitting in one of her uh, rooms, one of her um, Oh, the many rooms they had there, they probably had like 40 rooms there and drawing rooms and blue rooms and green rooms and all sorts of rooms. And um, she often remarked, you know, my mom often liked the looks of this thing. And, you know, when we came to Canada, she gave that to us a present to take. Wow. So we own a piece of uh, history. Yes, you do. Right here in the cabinet. And it's quite possible... That even the queen—this was—is was not the queen we have now, but the earlier queen, even played on this machang game when she visited the Cursons. Wow! Because they would, you know, the queen too would visit some of her. What do you call it? In crowd, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, and um, quite often the mum said they were in the drawing room, playing games and different things, and most likely they did play uh, uh, the machang game that we have. Yeah. So, to think that the Queen of England has played <laughs> on this game, not to mention what other dignitaries that we don't know about.
0: That is a definite piece of history. So That's it is amazing.
1: A really amazing piece of history. We could almost write a story just about that, Machon game.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: because it has a, like a life of its own. Sure. Really, in a way, it could be like a ghost. Think of all the people it's met and seen. Because it came from India. It was, um, I think, it was in France at one time, uh, and of course, yeah, it's of course it. They've got positioned in England and with the cursans, but of course, you know, it was just another one of their m- many momentum <laughs> many of the things they had? Sure. They were very rich, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, And uh, they they owned. Uh, I remember they owned beautiful country properties, which I was actually allowed to go, because I bet their one of their granddaughters, which I really liked, which is another story, <laughs> and she invited me over to stay on their country property in the summer, somewhere like in Sussex, and uh, that's why they taught me some manners when I went up there, because mm-hmm. I had to learn manners, how to hold the spoons and sure. so <laughs> forth. so. Wow, that was yeah. yeah so, that so you was. had
0: summer. You had summers in Sussex. I had summers
1: in Sussex. Yeah, with a beautiful girl. She was honey. Her name was Honey. honey. Can you imagine? Honey yeah, honey. yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's, of course, we were. I would have been about ten. Then. Yeah.
0: And uh, and so and then so once you made it over to Canada, where uh, where did you end up? Where Where did you start? What
1: well, you we started right here. We ended up in in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And again, my dad got a job, actually got a job again in some uh, clothing um, uh, store, you know, where they made their clothes, suits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And my mum actually got a really good job. She started with a company called Elias Rogers Fuel Oil. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. that was one of the earlier companies that had oil and gas and, and stuff like that. So she had a good job and... And my dad had a good job, but eventually my dad had also taken a course uh, in uh, hotel management, okay, and catering and that sort of stuff. And he got some really beautiful jobs in his later years down in um, the in, in Yorkdale. You mm-hmm. probably heard of Yorkdale. Oh yeah. Uh, shopping. Plant. There's a huge place there where they cater to weddings and whatnot. Yeah. And he was running that. Oh well. Wow. And he was also running a place in uh, the airport, something blue, blue. Um, there was a word blue in the name of the restaurant. Okay. It was famous.
0: Uh, I wonder if it was like was it the Bluebird or something. Something like that. Like that. Something like yeah, that, okay. something
1: like that. So he did very, he did very well, and then you know they both retired, uh, mm-hmm. and um, so on and so forth, and. Uh, they had a, they had a. They really built up their life here, They're, you know.
0: And uh, I, I, two things I wanted, to, and I meant to ask this before. Yeah. Your, because your dad, he yeah. was, even though he was he was your stepdad, but he was right. your dad. Right. He was Exactly. They met in the camps in the they British camps. They met camp. in the camps. And did they Correct. get married in the camps as uh, well? Or? yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. Yes, they did get married in the, in the camps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow Yeah. okay yeah, how that, about
0: that? Yeah. and then and then where um whereabouts in toronto did, uh did, did we were did, living did you, yeah
1: yeah we were living um uh, well we bought our first house i mm-hmm. think it was somewhere around uh i'm not forget- i'm forgetting what year it was but um mm-hmm. uh we bought our first it was on right on what we call Beloyle Street. That oh. was actually the street. I, I lived uh, on Beloyle Street, actually. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I okay, did. Okay, yeah. so you know where the... <laughs> yeah. So that's right in what we call near Leeside, Yeah. right? And you've got Bayview there, yeah, Mount Young Pleasant. In right in between Bayview yeah. and Mount Pleasant. Yeah, that's right. And um, south of Eglinton and north of St. Clair. Mm-hmm. Right, and also there's a big cemetery there that's part mm-hmm. of that. Mount mm-hmm. Mel- Pleasant. Yeah. Mel- yeah. A beautiful yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. So oh. that's where we bought bought a little house. Yeah. It was it was a, um, a split, uh, you know. It was like half and half. The house was a split, split. Um, oh,
0: semi-detached. Semi-detached. Yeah. yeah. And.
1: And uh, so that's mostly where I grew up. I was probably uh, I went to high school right there, Northern Tech. No way. Yeah, oh, okay. Northern Technical Commercial. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's where I, uh, you know, well, I enjoyed the technical side of the school more than the. The matriculation or whatever they called it, and um, so I took that course of four years, and I became whatever I could fix cars and do printing and electronics and you could do it all. You can do everything, yeah. lumber, you know, working. Uh, but then I decided. Oh, I, a friend of mine said too. Why don't we do more? Why don't we do what we call matriculation, which was like the higher level, you know. And I said, okay. So I said, that we just found out those days that University of Waterloo, mm-hmm. which you probably heard of, just had opened up to just start taking students to take. But they had a pre-engineering year mm-hmm. course that you could take. Uh, and But you had to qualify. So we had to go up there, a friend of mine, Dave and I, to qualify to get in. And we had to write aptitude tests. And I wrote them. Now, he's the smart one, and I'm the stupid one. <laughs> I got in, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to wait a year. I, so he said, well, they told him he could try again next year. So I did. I did. I waited with him because I didn't want to on up on my own. But we ended up in the engineering school eventually, and um, it was very hard. So we only wasted, we only took three years of, of the, it was a six-year course oh, oh, in okay. those days, yeah. yeah, so we said, no, we've got to go out and live. <laughs> so that's what we did, so we went back, so I went back to Ryerson uh, and took uh, electronic technology, mm-hmm. and David too, and uh, so we graduated there in about a year because we got the credits from Waterloo, and um, that allowed us to only spend one year to get the credit there, which mm-hmm. was normally only three-year course uh and uh from that day on there's been no looking back no looking back just it's been just just fantastic life
0: that's beautiful that's a great thing to to hear that's fantastic is there um i i i uh, i I was going to say did you have any brothers or sisters at all uh with with uh uh with uh, with your dad uh,
1: uh okay no yeah. no no i had well sorry i shouldn't say that yes yeah. two sisters
0: two sisters okay. yeah
1: yeah so i had uh two sisters yeah uh they're like my half sisters oh okay because, yeah, yeah. you know i get you yeah but uh, yeah i had two sisters yeah. and uh one lives in in out west right now and the other one is uh, actually passed away you oh know? yeah
0: sorry to hear that yeah okay but uh oh wow yeah okay. two sisters and uh, and i, I was going to say was there um I have a question for you was there throughout I, I don't know can you think of and you've told me already incredible right. stories is there a singular moment do you remember that really sort of changed your life like uh, like mm-hmm. uh, or or maybe it's instances uh, or or a moment that was really pivotal yeah, yeah
1: yeah well i think the pivotal moment would be the um The pleasure and beauty of life on the farm, where everything was wonderful and great, and then to uh, to be thrust into chaos and war. Yes. You know, so that would probably be the the thought of you know when you think back, how nice it was and how terrible it is. Yeah. So the switch over.
0: Switch over. Um. And I was going to, do you, have you ever gone back to try to find the old
1: property? No, 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 no. I've got pictures of it and so forth. Oh, but, you do? And my sister's been back. Oh, really? Okay. Maria's gone back. Okay. And uh, Gabi, too, one of our, um, uh, my cousin, yeah. Gabrielle, because she also came through the war pretty well, a little later because she was younger than me. Mm-hmm. So she didn't experience anything. She Actually, she was born at the camp, I think. Oh, I think, uh, okay. Yeah, at the camp. Wow. Yeah, okay. so... so uh,
0: and which, was it central Estonia, did you know, or was it like...
1: In uh, well, it would have been uh, somewhere, the country property would have been outside Tallinn. Oh, the, not the capital. Not too far. The capital. Yeah, not too far away, because okay. my mom worked in Tallinn. In Tallinn, so She was sense. in, you know, like I say, in the government. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, we were fairly... So it was, you know, also a nice situation, because for, you know, in general because the farm let's face it was close to the town and the people did want to go back and forth to town they could you know there's a,
0: that's a universal everybody wants a good work commute yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. I, I was going to say was there um if you look if you look out through your life is there is there an uh, an accomplishment or a moment you're really really proud of yeah. something that that yeah, you've achieved
1: yeah, yeah yeah well i i think it's really the building of this house and this property, because I built it. Yeah. So that was quite satisfying, and I'm still thrilled about it. I can't believe that Andrew's so lucky to get a property like this, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I... Uh, I, 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 You know, it's just amazing, and I'm just hoping he'll carry on uh, the... uh, you know, stewardship of you know the property and the animals and the wildlife and stuff.
0: Well, he's been doing a fantastic job yeah, with that, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and it, are there any sort of? And I know that you, this may sound like I'm repeating myself, but That's are there okay. any sort of life lessons? Either uh, what are some of the great life lessons? Either hard or good, hard or great. Yeah. That you learned, like yeah, something that yeah, kind of. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, yes, you have to, you never give up. If you have set set yourself a goal and you never give up, you have to persist, persist and persist. And there's another story. It was like that with my wife that I married. Okay, please. I mean, I'm not going to tell you a story now, but it was an example. I mean, she came from a different... uh, elevation, let's say. Okay. She was wealthy, she had everything in her life, everything going for her. They had an airplane, had the private airplane, they had uh, mansions in uh, Richmond Hill. Uh, she worked for a very colorful, partly mafia uh, organization, which uh, they had, they ran racing horses, um, they had... Um, uh, what do you call it? The uh, like clubs mm-hmm. where people, casinos, rich people come, yeah. yeah. Uh, movie stars were there. Anyhow, her job was to look after some of these things yeah. for this gentleman. His name was, uh, I won't even tell no, you his name yeah. right now, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> but, get, you. I uh, get you. But anyhow, and uh, there I was, happy go lucky. I wasn't, uh, I was uh, not rich. I was but i was very ambitious very and i saw her and i wanted her mm-hmm. and i got her she was actually married to uh another fellow at the same time oh yeah. wow yeah okay and uh i never gave up and i got her and i just turned her over to me <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> And enough. there's an example i you know uh never once i Sank my teeth into that. That's it. Yeah. You're not going let. I'm not gonna let go. I get you. <laughs> I get you. So yeah. I think uh, in life, you set a goal, and you be persistent, and never mind uh, what the odds are. You just fight. You just fight. You fight. And okay. you'll eventually get there. You know. Usually you'll get there. Yeah.
0: You know, usually, yeah. I, well, that's. it I You get, might
1: not always, but usually.
0: That's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. The, the the sort of adage. uh Churchill, sort of never yeah. never give up. That's general, right. You're right. Never never give, up. give yeah. up. Yeah,
1: that's so I would say that's something to Live about live with you know live to okay. to be sure that uh, if you have a goal go after it Don't just let it lay around just go for whatever it. whatever it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you uh, I, Now what were some of your great hobbies?
1: I have to say. Oh well, like uh, lots of hobbies. I like uh, everything from woodworking to uh, digging, working in the garden, just even digging ditches, <laughs> whatever. I like to work in the land. I like to. I get my hands wet and dirty in the in the soil. And uh, um, but electronics, of course, I was doing a lot of interesting circuitry and so on designs and. In my early days, now you know when we could. Nowadays, you can't do that because they don't even have parts in, in our part of the world anymore that you can you can as a student you can learn anything about electricity. Sure. It's all computers. <laughs> yes, you know, and that's it.
0: You're totally right. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely so, right. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
1: but no, I had lots of, uh, lots of. I like to work all the time and doing all sorts of things, solving problems. You know, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Is there um, uh, and I. I I have to say, in a sort of reflective way, um, is there a time in, in your life, this time in your life right now? Yeah. Is there anything, is there something you enjoy about it? Is there something you enjoy in this time of your life?
1: This time of life? Yeah. Well, uh, I guess this time of life, now that you're older, you don't have a chance to enjoy too much because you know you 're limited to what you can do, especially if you have a disabil <coughs> excuse me a disability or something um, so but I mean I enjoy right i enjoy reading lots of reading i enjoy uh, uh, media you know watching t v and uh, and but mostly reading books and reading and figuring out uh, um, again uh, if you gave me if a little you know if there 's a little Little thing to figure out. Uh, dissolve a problem or something, I'll try to resolve it, you know, figure You're, it out. Yeah. You
0: know, one of your gifts is you, you are a natural problem solver. Yeah, I guess. exactly. exactly.
1: So if we have a problem like with uh, whatever, the well or something, well, we've got to find a solution how to fix it. You know, these are the sort of things I'll find the best route.
0: Well, because you, if I, if I, <clears throat> not to guide this too much, but you, if I remember correctly, you tried to build this property almost to be totally as self-sufficient as exact, possible that's correct yeah 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 it's and, self- it's, a, and it's and it's that's
1: why i've been very interested in solar and uh, yeah that type of stuff storage uh, of energy and
0: because and, uh, the house is heated by groundwater am uh, i yeah, right? yeah yes
1: heated by water actually amazing yeah, through <laughs> a heat pump yeah yeah so it's heated by water and that, that was part of being self-sufficient the house design is, is actually a passive solar home
0: mm-hmm.
1: which you don't hear mentioned nowadays, but uh back in the eighties that was considered very important mm-hmm. to have a passive, you know. So this is passive. It's positioned so the sun can get in. It's got special uh things built into the wall okay. to allow the heat to stay in. Oh. There's no windows, um mass Lots of mass, uh, like mass uh, stones and concrete, uh, to um, and I should say all sorts of stone mm-hmm. to keep the heat in too. That stone heat helps to keep the heat, and once you warm it up, it stays warm for a while. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that was it. Build the passive soul, which I designed, you know. And, uh, so it's it's good that's great needs yeah. some work now it needs windows cleaned it needs different things done to it well
0: i i i, I one of my one of my brothers said that one of the greatest things and whether you build a home if you buy a home you you inherit somebody else's problems. so there, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but, yeah that's true. um that's but true. uh wow yeah, well that's it, true yeah um well I guess for right now, yeah. uh, this has been wonderful. Yeah. Randy, th- okay. Thank you for, for sharing you. Yeah. Thank you for being uh, sharing you told your story so succinctly. It was uh, thank wonderful: you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share and remember, the past is here.